you are listening to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast. My name is Fahed Rahman, and I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we are going to be discussing Wishful Drinking by Carrie Fisher. Do you want to read out the blurb? Yes, sure. So, in Wishful Drinking, Carrie Fisher tells the true and intoxicating story of her life with inimitable wit. Born to celebrity parents, she was picked to play a princess in a little movie called Star Wars when only 19 years old. But it isn't all sweetness and lightsabers. Alas, aside from a demanding career and her role as a single mother, not to mention the hyperspace hairdo, Carrie also spends her free time battling addiction, weathering the wild ride of manic depression and lounging around various mental institutions. It's an incredible tale, from having Elizabeth Taylor as a stepmother, to marrying and divorcing Paul Simon, from having the father of her daughter leave her for a man, to ultimately waking up one morning and finding a friend dead beside her in bed. And... Carrie Fisher is the daughter of Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher. She became an icon when she starred as Princess Leia in the original Star Wars trilogy. Her star-studded career included numerous roles such as the Blue Brothers and When Harry Met Sally. She is the author of six best-selling books, including a Wish of Drinking and most recently The Princess Diarist. So, Poppy, this was on your book of year list of last year. So do you want, mm-hmm. you, do you want to start with why you liked it and kind of what your initial thoughts about it were? Yeah, sure. So it was cheekily on my book of the year for 2021 list because it was obviously because unfortunately Carrie is no longer with us. It was not a 2021 book. But it was the book that I first listened to in 2021. And I saw it and thought, I want to listen to it and bought it and listened to it at the start of January. And it kicked me off, I was discussing as well, on a series of autobiographies. Um, so yeah, it was a big book for my year of 2021. And yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, we'll, we'll get into this stuff already. I am a Star Wars fan and that was firstly what drew me to it, made me want to give it a listen. Um, And then, yeah, I really enjoyed it for largely really separate reasons to that. So, yeah. And then, yep, you also said it was on your list and I thought it would be good for us to have a chat together about it. Yep. So this was on my to-be-listened-to pile for a very long time and I just never got around to it. Mm. Um, It's quite a curious book because it started off as a stage play kind mm-hmm. of like a one person show yeah then got turned into a book and then got turned into an audio book so it's kind of gone from a performance piece to a text mm-hmm. back into a performance piece so yeah that's kind of quite in- interesting and i think it really yeah. informs how kerry performs the text yeah 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 no i definitely agree i think that is one of my big selling points about it and i think i've now mentioned it on well, this will be at least three um, podcasts, that it really does feel like you are sat in the audience of her one-woman show and she's talking to you about it and performing this to you, which is absolutely lovely. And yeah, a really huge seller for this book as a whole. Yeah, there's one moment that really stands out to me is Mm -hmm. where she's trying to describe 
family tree and mm-hmm. asking the question whether her daughter is potentially related to her new boyfriend because mm-hmm. like and, and she kind of you can kind of you can see in your mind's eye you can see on stage the massive like family tree that she must be pointing you. to yeah so it's kind of yeah. like moments like that yeah no definitely and I mean it's interesting that you pick that out as a moment because that is talking about kind of Hollywood inbreeding is the phrase she uses I think isn't it about you know all these celebrities dating each other um and having children with each other and all this sort of stuff and how you connected through fame and all the remarrying that happens and various stuff and it was yeah trying to work out if Billy's new boyfriend was in some way <laughs> related and I think they decided that not by blood but by definitely by the Hollywood inbreeding standards somehow yes. related and yeah. that's a huge thing of the book it sort of says it in that blurb is about Hollywood and fame and the peculiarity of being in that from birth. Uh, She talks a lot, certainly in the beginning sections, about what is normal and stuff, kind of a question of someone asking her, you know, what's it like to have famous parents? And it's like, what, as opposed to when I don't have famous parents, (laughs) you know, And, and that idea of, I think people can often get lost in that feeling of celebrity being, you know, outside of ordinary but therefore that they know they're outside of ordinary i i guess but that real disconnect between people and celebrities um whereas this book really pulls that together and tells you that a celebrities are people too and so many overlaps you know with maybe what we consider ordinary or stuff that wouldn't touch celebrity but then also that really interesting thought about what is normal and what is reality and what is our reality. Um, We'll talk about this more again in a bit, I think. But yeah, that idea of what you understand as normal and, you know, your family being normal and what life is like and that, yeah, how different people have such very different views on that. Yes, I think normal is a theme that runs through the book because she talks quite candidly about her, her mental health issues mm-hmm. and how for a very long time she wasn't able to get a, a diagnosis because of a mm-hmm. drug use so that's the other thing kind of like normal is very very much dependent on the context yeah. of where yeah. we where and when you are living so yeah i think that's the the other thing that can comes across as well mm, yeah and then also still on that how she in some ways found it kind of difficult like seeing her mum on screen and thinking what is the real family and what is on TV and that blur between fiction and reality uh, that she felt herself. But then also on the flip side of that, how other people can't distinguish that she is not Princess Leia and the difference between uh, reality and fiction there so it's, it's sort of an interesting parallel that that how she sees it from being in hollywood and therefore being like oh but i know these people but they're not being those people you know and and what's tv and what's real and then other people outside of hollywood's feeling for celebrities and also mixing real and, and not real yeah i think my favorite sections in the book where she encounters other celebrities usually mm. at the, the behest of her, of her mother that yeah. <laughs> section with 
Cary Grant was yeah. excruciating. I was just, I just, I just put myself in her shoes and just thinking, oh my god, how <laughs> did you deal with a situation like that where you're? Because we've all got parents where sometimes they try and share your problems with someone and they don't really understand what's happening in the situation. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like, yeah, not that I, you know, uh, a drug addict situation, but like kind of, a, we've all been in scenarios where like your parents have explained something to someone and they've just not got it right. Missed the mark. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. I, I can totally see where you're coming from with, those bits about a parents getting involved and completely missing it. And then a bit, this is maybe a bit of a tangent, but yeah. it sort of gives me a little bit of the vibes, the way they were talking about uh, basically the issue, if you haven't listened to it yet, was that her parents both individually asked Carrie Grant to speak to her about her LSD use. Um, and we're kind of saying that it was a massive addiction and stuff like that. And she's sort of explaining, well, no, and you can't really get addicted to hallucinogens in the same way as other things. I am addicted to other things, but that <laughs> that one's not the issue and stuff. And I guess a parallel as well there sort of pops into my head of kind of with her parents not really understanding those different drugs and the different ways it works. Just sort of also just makes me think of like tech issues you know yeah. what I mean and, and parents not quite getting that but they but they think they do and they're going to try and help and sort it out um so that was that was quite amusing yeah uh, a little connection there and then the Cary Grant bit reminded me as well actually because there was something I was wanting to say just a short bit of she does mention in there about how when he died and how that affected her and although they had had this connection she still felt um as well you know a bit in awe of him and of, of a celebrity dying but also a friend dying and stuff. And it's obviously not the same situation, but it reminded me of the real potency of listening to this audiobook, definitely more so than reading like the paper, in the fact that Carrie isn't with us anymore and it's a real time capsule with her, you know, kind of feels like you've brought her to life again for those, you know, about three hours that the audiobook is and yep. it's in some ways hard but in other ways really really lovely yeah um yeah yeah I, if i was reading this you wouldn't really get the sense of humor that, that she she has yeah. she's very funny oh, very definitely. witty very acerbic um and you know is more than happy to take the piss out of herself yes which is really nice and it just uh-huh. also made me a bit sad in terms of like we should have seen in a in more roles that took advantage of that and Mm. yeah just i've not seen many of her movies outside of star wars and Mm -hmm. it just made me think maybe i should check out more of her filmography as well so yeah yeah definitely and you do get definitely in there how good of a performer she is for sure just in the expression and like you say the comedy of what she does it is really humorous from the very start um but also one of my favorite bits is i love her impression of her mom yeah like i don't know debbie reynolds that well yeah i i wouldn't really be able to describe to you how she speaks so I guess I can't comment on how accurate it is, but I love it as, as she sp- totally switches character 
when she's performing like as her mum doing her mum's dialogue. Uh, but it's just I just thought it was absolutely fab, absolutely fab. Yeah, I think one of the other themes that struck a chord with me mm-hmm. was like this idea of being in your parents' shadow um, mm-hmm. because. Debbie Reynolds was a huge star, like her dad was a huge, huge star as well. And there's always this sense of awe when she's talking about her mother in mm. particular, her beauty, her mm. intellect, her talent, her kindness, all these things kind of like come across um, yeah. really strongly. So that's, um, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And you can tell through the stories that she tells, you know, throughout her childhood and her life, how she has really had to, I guess, work through those feelings. Um, and, of you know... adequacy, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, even in sort of some ways kind of physical stuff and kind of claiming she'll never be as glamorous as her mum and things like about her breast size and, and also about acting talent and, you say again, about kindness and everything. But I do think, yeah, like I say... it is that you do see her going through that journey of like acknowledging that with herself and you know in some ways letting it guide her in some ways fighting against it and stuff but yeah there's definitely some tough element to that and that's one of the things that she talks about I guess with you know that that growing up with fame it's that idea of it isn't all glitz and glamour and obviously her struggle with mental health which some of it i think she does put down two feelings of pressure um and things like that. obviously that is not you know a whole cause but that is one of the triggers i guess um yeah. for her struggling with things well uh, i mean so, yeah. she even mentions that you can't blame it all on her upbringing because no, her yeah. brother went yeah. through the same, same thing and he's mm-hmm. apparently safe and square and she hasn't <laughs> gone off in the weird directions that she has so it's kind of one of those things as well mm-hmm. yeah so that just talking a little bit more about her performance mm. um it's always interesting listening to someone recite their own words so i was just mm. yeah so it, it, because you can really get a sense of she knows exactly when to punch away and yes. to um what's the word emphasize and yeah. high notes low notes and timing with mm-hmm. the jokes in this are just really 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 good as well oh definitely agreed and this is probably where it's a huge huge benefit that she did this as a show for so long you know um, or even at all Be- because she has become familiar with it she knows how to speak it as opposed to maybe some authors who will write their book, write their autobiography, whatever, and then go into the studio to record the audiobook and, you know, find it really difficult. Whereas for her, it must have felt really quite natural with having performed it. And yeah, I completely agree with specific moments that are just wonderful. One that I'd written down was she was talking about on set removing gaffer tape and yeah. she performs that. She's like, gaffer, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly yeah. how she does it, and I certainly can't replicate it. But it, it was really, you know, you can tell that she is thinking back to that moment of ripping it off and just, yeah, absolutely perfect. And it's it's littered with moments like that. That was just one that I'd noted down. Yeah, that's a bit of a recurring gag about, about <laughs> bras in space. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was quite funny and... 
she does talk a little bit about Star Wars in terms mm. of dealing with the fans and yeah. um, the expectations of what she thought the movie might be, and mm. like that was bit was particularly sarcastic. He said, "Yeah, of course, of course, we knew it was going to be a massive hit. The only <laughs> person you didn't know was George Lucas, and we hid yeah. it from him. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you kind of really get a sense of her personality and." Oh, I'm sick and tired she's of answering that particular question as well. Yes, definitely. And yeah, I mean, that, that sarcasm throughout is absolutely fantastic. It makes you really warm to her, I think, yeah. um, because she's like that. And now I have one point that actually pulls out a few different things there. So one thing to note about this, obviously, is it is very much Carrie Fisher's view of the world. Yeah. You know, and so... With us talking about this, we're not necessarily saying we agree with literally everything yeah, that she yeah. said or we think it's a manifesto for life. This is a slice of life. This is, you know, Carrie Fisher giving us three hours of her brain uninterrupted. So that is an important thing to know. And there's some sort of maybe dicey things that she might say or stereotypes she may call on that, yeah. you know, we wouldn't necessarily condone. But that is it. You're listening to, to Carrie and her view on the world. And so... One example as well, just from that blurb about the fact of um, her husband leaving her for another man. Now, as a bisexual person, as I've talked about, yeah. I have different views on whether that's any different to being left for anyone else and various stuff caught up in that that yeah. we don't need to get into. But Carrie's experience as a straight woman of that age in that time and her views on how that felt to her are her views on how that felt to her and that yeah is a totally valid thing for listening to and interesting to explore and another thing that i would like to flag partly as a a sort of content warning i think really is that there is a passage that talks about a sexual abuse of her mother when she was younger where it is discussed, and kind of the wording is used, that it wasn't actually rape, though, and sort of approached like it therefore was fine. Yes. And I, that is I'm partly raising as a content warning um, for that, and also, I guess, as a, a thing on our podcast that I'm assuming you feel the same for Head, that yeah. we don't agree with that view that that act was therefore okay. Um, yeah, and we'll... Uh, I don't know what the act was but it sounded like it was a pretty horrific experience yeah i believe there's a euphemism used in there that makes me think i know what it was um but there we go it's it's this like thing in there it is only a tiny bit i don't want to discourage people from listening i just want to mark out that it's there but that is a discussion there where it is seems quite flippant of you know, discounting some things as sexual abuse. But I want to put a counter on that because I think one thing that this does exceptionally well is flag to you other, I guess microaggressions might be the word, that some people probably don't think are sexual abuse. And I think this flags it at least near that camp. And I think that's really important. So going back to what you said about the fans... The fact that men will come up to her and tell her that they masturbated over her every night or multiple times a day and just think that's okay to just openly tell her that. And the fact that she 
exposes to us how that made her feel, yeah. I think, even though it doesn't explicitly say it, I think does make a listener think about, wow, okay, that's not all right. And yeah. look at the effect that it has on women when people just act like that's okay. To, you know, actively go up to a stranger and tell them that you have done that over their image. I understand that some people don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think this highlights why this is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah. such a weird thing to do. I just I don't yeah. get that at all. Yet. Yeah. And I just want to go back to a point mm. that you made about flippancy. I think she kind of treats everything really heavy in her life with a certain amount of flippancy. Yes. So I think that mm-hmm. kind of also goes into covering why she talks about the incident with her mother that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and there's that yeah i mean so yeah some he- really heavy stuff definitely happens definitely. to her and i think she when she's talking to her daughter she kind of mentions that oh the fact that you realize as this is funny means that yeah i think she, some, some words to the effect you're gonna be okay yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. This book very definitely does have a kind of laughter can help you through it sort of um, mentality, not necessarily fix everything, uh, but certainly help you through it and laughing at the ridiculousness of it, laughing at yourself, definitely. And I think that makes it really quite uplifting and heartwarming, listen, even with the really heavy content. And also on the flip side of that, but kind of goes with it, it makes those moments where she is more serious and she is more kind of low about things yeah that really then punctuates them yeah um as to like wow okay this is yeah this is important not that the other stuff isn't important yeah but it does highlight those things that, that presumably she wanted highlighting and maybe consciously or not um it does have a, a real ebb and flow with the seriousness and the not so that does make you think on both ends of the spectrum, I think. Yeah, I would uh, agree with that. And this is one of the shorter books that we've discussed and Mm -hmm. it went down very smoothly. It was very nice. Um, Mm -hmm. It didn't outstay its welcome. It had a really nice tempo Mm. all the way through. Carrie's a, a brilliant writer. Really, yeah. like, yeah. really good, really good stuff there in terms of, I don't wordsmith is the wrong word, but the way she structures sentences and mm-hmm. imagery and, like, they, you know, just going back to the um, microaggressions, like, there's mm-hmm. a sex doll of, like, mm. yeah, she kind of jokes about going back and fucking herself, which yeah. I thought was kind of, like, a really great gag. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful writer. And a bit like you with the films, makes me want to go and read her other stuff that she's written, um, both about herself and just novels that she wrote and things. Definitely. She's a fantastic writer and hilarious. Really, really funny. She apparently did a lot of unacknowledged work on lots of film scripts, apparently. Mm. So, like, her writing footmarks are across lots of different films that you might wow. not associate with her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you can definitely see that she's got 
serious writing chops as well. Mm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think one thing uh, that really stuck out to me, certainly on the first time listen, was she talks about how she's had ECT as a form of treatment for her mental illness and discusses how because of that she lost a lot of her memory. And she kind of disclaimers this right near the start. And that sort of melds in with that discussion. Like I say, it's a really recurring theme about what is real and what is not. Uh, And it's also quite interesting to listen to an autobiography of someone who admits they don't know everything about what's happened to them and their life. And that is really interesting. I don't know that I have a huge point on that, but it is quite an interesting setup, I guess, to the book. And a little bit weird at parts how it sort of feels a little bit like an advert for ECT, I guess. But I think it's more... It's about uh, educating people on it and removing stigma from it, I think definitely more so. Um, So yeah, it's a large part of the book and an interesting part. But yeah, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was an interesting device because she immediately sets out the fact that she's an unreliable narrator, which was kind of quite interesting in Mm. terms of when you're looking back at your life kind of like can you assess things like objectively Mm. and how do you assess things that you can't even remember that are probably related back to you by other people you've got their own kind of like agenda and their own faulty memory of things Mm. as well so that is kind of like interesting thing that I thought came across in the book as well because she does yeah. mention quite often like, well I was blackout and I can't remember mm. this and yeah stuff like that no definitely and I mean you sort of raise an interesting point there about how everyone's autobiography is an unreviable narrator aren't they you know they're seeing it through their own gaze their own memories that have changed through time we all know how memory works that way and regardless just your own view of yourself distorting things and and stories so i guess in some ways maybe it's not really that different but yeah it is an interesting setup to know that she lost so much of that time in her memory but then also speaks about it um through i guess some memory that's still there and knowing from other people and stuff like that yeah so i can't recommend this enough if you're Mm -hmm. a star wars fan um Mm -hmm. i think this is really great way to get to know one of the key pillars of that universe and Carrie comes across as such a warm Mm -hmm. compassionate funny woman and it's kind of like as you mentioned at the start it does feel like you're in a conversation with her and Mm -hmm. she's just like telling you these stories at a very really kind of like engaging way so it was really an enjoyable experience and it goes down really smoothly as well yeah no i i fully agree and i mean i've now listened to this twice because i listened yeah. to it back in jan and then i <laughs> made yeah. sure to refresh well last jan and then i made sure to refresh my memory of it before this and yeah really enjoyed it both times and picked out different things this time than i picked out last time so it's definitely one that you know is is definitely replayable re-listenable to if that's a strange phrase um one that you want to keep coming back to 
it's really funny it's really well written really well performed and yeah makes you think as yeah. well as just makes you laugh so yeah. it, it's it's really good and yeah good for star wars fans but it's about so much more than that yeah i mean if you're into celebrity history and hollywood glamour and all that sort of stuff there's lots of interesting stories that, that she tells about that side of things mm-hmm. as well as well as yeah. mental health as well as yeah the difficulty of like raising a family and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and family sort of in general yeah. is, is a huge you know, theme. Yeah. yeah definitely and different kind of family units and different relationships within your family how your relationships with your family members can change you know um you know she yeah, goes sorry. from in awe of a mother to oh no that's that's okay no no i was just saying that um like you say how family relationships change it was mm-hmm. um that the way she kind of like describes each time her dad gets divorced is just kind yeah. of, it's really funny kind of a yeah yeah no it is and i mean dear me the the bit about basically what her dad had written her, her dad's like autobiography and then her having to read that um, yeah. and interest is it's really interesting really funny um and then yeah like how her relationship with her mum changes from you know awe of her to uh you know teenager thinks she's annoying kind of thing exactly to living next door and yeah it's it's really really lovely from that perspective and the her love of her daughter i had a a similar experience with that as i then did with the dave Grohl one about his love of his kids um and stuff so yeah definitely family a huge thing in there as well it's just it's just great i just i do recommend it definitely and you can buy it, but I borrowed it from my library via Libby or was it Borrowbox? You can you should be able to find it via your library. So yeah, there's no excuse really. Yeah, it's really good. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. so that's your lot for this episode. I'm not too sure what we're going to be doing next. It might be an interview. It might be another audio book. So keep your eyes out on our social for that please support the podcast by reviewing and rating us wherever you are listening to this on and or you can send a tip via our tip jar if you've got any suggestions or comments you can email us at audiobookishpod at gmail.com or contact us on social media at audiobookishpod Uh, any last words poppy Uh, i don't think so no i hope you enjoyed guys and yeah see you next time okay see you next time bye bye